In our text this morning, we saw Jesus having an, a conversation with a woman. Jesus, who was Jew by birth, was having a conversation with a Samaritan woman. Those were two unusual things at the time. A man speaking to a woman and a Jew talking to a Samaritan. Because the Bible says that the, the Jews... They didn't have, didn't want anything to do with the Samaritans. But still, Jesus was talking to her. If I were to ask you today, do you believe you're a child of God? What would you say? Are you a child of God? Yes, Romans 8:14. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I'm reading here from the New King James Version, and it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So if you are led by the Spirit, you're a child of God. And if you're a child of God, you want to be led by the Spirit. So Jesus is having this conversation with the woman. She's not, she's not recognizing him. As the Son of God, he's not rec she's not recognizing him as the Messiah. And she's having a conversation with him. And this woman is questioning Jesus' ability to draw water from the well. This woman is even questioning Jesus' belief as a Jew that Jerusalem would be the holy city, the place for worship, the place where real worship was supposed to happen at that time. But Jesus patiently is talking to her. And Jesus reveals something from her, her past. And at that point she says, Oh sir, I recognize that you are a prophet. Because you know some things about my life that no one knows. Or at least I didn't expect you to know. Since this is the first time you were talking. You see Jesus was sent. Jesus was promised to come here to earth. As Emmanuel. He was going to be called Emmanuel. Do we remember what Emmanuel means? Yes, you can, you can, you can speak loud. The, it means that God is with us. Emmanuel means God with us. You see, when God created Adam and Eve, He had personal, direct contact with them. But one sin... After the fall, once sin came, there was this wall of separation called sin. A barrier was built between God and humanity. So Adam and Eve could no longer bear to stand and look at the glory of God directly. They could, they could not even look at the, the radiance of that fiery revolving sword that was wielded by the angel, keeping guard at the entrance of the Garden of Eden. But still, because God enjoyed man's friendship and fellowship, God commanded that a sanctuary be made. So the sanctuary provided both communion and separation. Because God's glory would be manifested in the Holy of Holies. While the, the, the people at large would be outside. So somehow they would still be protected from being consumed by God's glory. But that was the place where God would be dwelling among the, among the people. But that was not enough. When the fullness of time came... God sent His Son, Emmanuel, God with us. So up to that point, 
The greatest revelation of God to humankind was Jesus. Jesus himself, God in flesh, was the greatest revelation of God to man. But in John 14, 16 to 18, Jesus points to something else. John 14, 16 to 18. Jesus says, John 14, 16 to 18. And I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So you see what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that he was going to go back to heaven. But God would send another helper, a comforter. Someone who would be his uh, substitute, if you will. And Jesus is saying that this spirit, the spirit of truth, now in verse 17 says, uh, The world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. You, my children, you know him. For he dwells with you and will be what? In you. So this is Jesus' promise. This is the greatest revelation of God in any other time. Than in any other time. That the Holy Spirit would be in you. And Jesus is saying in verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus would come to us through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? Are we all on the same page? So, so this is Jesus' promise. That he would go, he would leave, he would send the Holy Spirit... And he, Jesus, would come back to us. He's saying here, I'll not leave you orphans. I will come to you through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus is saying to that woman. After Jesus revealed some from, something from her life, something from her past and from her present life, the, the, the then present life, Jesus is saying, that the hour is coming where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. John 4, 23 and verse 24. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. So Jesus is telling her in response to her question because she said... You're a prophet, sir, but you Jews say that uh, you must worship here in Jerusalem. We believe we must worship right there in Mount Gerizim. And Jesus said to the woman, you know what? The hour is coming. Actually, the hour is right now that you're not going to worship there nor here. You're going to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So that is by, indwelling pre by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. So far, so good. And I, I, I'm not going too long on this, but I guess we all understand this. Jesus was a, was a revelation of God in flesh. He came to, to be God in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. He left. He promised the Holy Spirit. 
that the Holy Spirit would be his representative. And through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus would come back to us, to our lives. There is still the second coming of Jesus in the future, right? And we believe that. I'm not denying that. Jesus will come him personally very, very soon. But the Holy Spirit has been promised to be his indwelling presence in us. Now, how can we live in spirit and in truth? What does that mean? Well, Matthew 7:21 to 23 says, Matthew 7:21 to 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So if you want to have the presence of the Holy Spirit in you, you must know Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit in you will be Jesus in you. And you must know Him. You can only cherish someone in your heart unless you know them. You won't be able to give a, someone a special place in your heart unless you know them. If you don't know them, they won't have a place in your heart, in your mind. So you have to know Him. You have to be in contact with Him. And this seems... This seems, sounds and pretty basic, but it is. You, we may want to complicate it. I could come here with a very deep theological explanation for this. But you have to know Jesus. You have to come to know Him. You have to be in contact with Him. You have to read His Word. You have to read His revealed Word right here. You have to pray. You have to talk to Him in prayer. You have to listen to His voice. That's the only way you have to know Him. And Jesus has been waiting for you every day. He's waited for you every morning. But in the hurry and in the frenzy of life, you rush out the door in the morning and you leave Him behind. He's waited for you every night. But you run so much through the day that when you come back home, the only thing you can see is your bed. And you get there and you immediately fall asleep. You don't even talk to the Lord. He's wanted to hear from you when you got your first job. You were so happy about that. But you forgot to tell him in prayer about it. You told everyone. But you never told Jesus. You wanted to hear from you when your first, born was, your first child was born. You wanted to hear from you when you failed that exam. When you lost your job. When you found the love of your life. When a friend disappointed you. He's wanted to be your friend all along. And you must know him. You must spend time with him. You must know Jesus in spirit and truth. So This is what Jesus was saying to the Samaritan woman. Lady woman, it is not about the place. It's not about Jerusalem. It's not about going to Sikar. It's not about going to Mecca or Nepal or Rome. You don't have to be running back and forth. 
You don't have to be tossed around by the ways of deception that tell you that Jesus has shown up in Toronto or in Vancouver, Washington, D.C. or wherever. It is not about going to a certain mountain to be recluse or to go to a certain place or city. No, Jesus' promise is that whether upon the mountains or down the valleys, in still waters or rough seas, in times of peace or of war, in times of prosperity or of poverty, whether employed or unemployed, whether appreciated or betrayed, throughout all seasons of life, you can live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. You can have the Holy Spirit power leading you in life. And this will enable you to move forward in life with that kind of assurance that all of us want to have. And in every decision we make, in every position we are in life, we are sure we must take a certain path because the Spirit will be leading us. How much would you want to have that? How much would you want to be when we're faced with a decision? You have to make a decision. You're sure of what you have to decide. You're sure of what path you got to take because the Spirit is leading you. Now, this is available to you. If you want to be a child of God, that's what Paul is saying in Romans 8, 14. Those who are led by the Spirit, those are the children of God. But again, I repeat, you must know Jesus, whom the Father has sent to be your Savior. And how do you know Jesus? You have to study His Word. You have to spend time with Him. There is so much that we can say. There is so much that we can study. Actually, we've... Uh, one day at the prayer meeting, we discussed that about doing a special study about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's something that we'll certainly do sooner rather than later. But for now, I want to leave this message with you. That you must know Jesus. You must study His Word. You must talk to Him. You must give Him time to talk to you. You must listen to His voice. That way, you are opening your heart and your life for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Today, Jesus has indeed returned to heaven. The Holy Spirit that He had promised is a reality. It was manifested in the day of Pentecost, and it has been manifested down through the ages. Today we have a special occasion here to remember the sacrifice of Jesus, His promises, including the promise of the second coming. He's coming soon as He promised. And He has also promised that one day when He comes and takes us to heaven, He will then have the opportunity of having the same meal, the same supper with us. And that's the only time He will have it after the one He had here with the disciples. So it is our privilege to participate in the communion today. May God bless you all. Father, please continue to be with us and lead us now as we participate in the communion service. May we all leave this place later today filled by your Holy Spirit and joyful in your presence. In the name of Jesus, I ask. Amen.